Nobody has more respect for women than I do. Nobody. Hillary Clinton wants to abolish it, believe me. She wants to abolish our Second Amendment. I think they didn't deny it. I don't think anybody denied it. Other presidents did not call. They'd write letters, and some presidents didn't do anything. Many people have come out and said, I'm right. You really do have to ask yourself, where does it stop? Hello and welcome to Fallacious Trump, the podcast where we use the insane ramblings of White Kanye to explain logical fallacies. I'm your host, Jim. And I'm your other host, Mark. A logical fallacy is an error in reasoning that results in bad or invalid arguments. And the logical fallacy we're looking at this week is the silent majority fallacy. So the silent majority fallacy is one where you assume that the people who are vocally opposing you are actually Mm -hmm. just a, a, a small number of the people. They represent the minority of people, but they're just making a lot of noise. And actually, all the people who aren't protesting and aren't opposing you and aren't really saying anything are not protesting because they are in favour of whatever you (laughs) agree. Yeah, yeah. So they are the silent majority. They're just being being shouted down. Yeah. Yeah. And for basically any situation, anything in life... There are pretty much always more people not talking about it than there are talking about yes, it. Yes, there are umpteen billion people on the planet, uh-huh. and a small proportion of those are on Twitter. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's always a big majority who are remaining silent. the 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 fallacy comes where you use the, their silence essentially. So it's a kind of a combination between the argument from silence and and the argument from popularity, saying there's such right. a lot of people yep. who aren't saying anything about this, they must yep. think it's a good idea, essentially. Yep. So uh, our first Trump example comes from a meeting that he had with some sheriffs about immigration. I actually can't believe that we're having to fight to protect the security in a court system to protect the security of our nation. I can't even believe it. And a lot of people agree with us, believe me. There's a, a group of people out there, and I mean much more than half of our country, much, much more. Uh, you're not allowed to use the term silent majority anymore. You know? You're not allowed because they make that into a whole big deal. But there's a group of people out there, massive, massive numbers, far bigger than what you see protesting. And uh, if those people ever protested, you would see a real protest. Yeah. If the people who don't protest ever protested, there'd be a lot more people protesting. Yeah. And it would be a lot harder to to appeal to the silent majority because the, uh-huh. the majority of them would not be silent. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and you're assuming that they're protesting for the, the notion that you're... Um, advocating rather yeah. than against it. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, you're not allowed to use the silent, no, you're term, not silent to majority it. anymore because no. they they make a big deal of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll get to why that might be later on. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but yeah, the, the assumption there is that the protesters who are in this case, this was back in 2017. So yeah, it's there have been so many protests. It's a bit unclear what he's exactly referring to here. <laughs> yeah. But but, the, but it's a great deal. It's mo- much more than half. Yeah, much, yeah. Much Whatever they were protesting, uh, those people are, are in the minority, basically. Yeah. Ah, right. Yeah. So our second example from Trump comes from a response in a coronavirus press conference. He was asked something about whether he thought that anybody else would be leaving his cabinet before the election which had nothing to do with this answer. Right. I think we have a a silent majority, the likes of which has never been seen before. I think you read about it, where 62% of the people say they're not even telling the truth on polling, and where the polling is fake, you know, where they do registered voters and where they do 
many more Democrats than they do Republicans. Same as happened last time. But this year, I think we have much more enthusiasm. Maybe those people back there would understand it better than anybody. But I think there's more enthusiasm for 2020 than there was even for 2016. And 2016 was a record. You found that out. And I believe there's much more enthusiasm now than there was even in 2016. We have a silent majority, the likes of which nobody has seen. I just looked. There are thousands of boats in lakes, rivers, and oceans. Thousands and thousands of boats. It's called Boaters for Trump, Boaters for Trump Pence. There's signs all over. Some of the boats have 10 flags on them. They're incredible. There are thousands. We did nothing to do this. This is just generic. It just happened. So he's doing a weird thing here because he's, he's claiming that the yeah. thousands of boats on lakes and rivers, especially ones with even up to 10 flags on. Up to 10 flags. Um, oh, God, are, serious, serious boaters. <laughs> are evidence of yeah. the silent majority that is yeah. going to vote for him, who obviously didn't, yeah. in a few weeks' time. The thing is, those people are not, by definition, part of the silent majority, because the silent majority is defined as people who aren't politically active, who don't get involved yeah. and give their opinion and say what they think. Who aren't making a noise. These so people these, are specifically yeah. putting 10 flags on their boat to say, we think to Trump say, is good. We're, we're going to vote 10 times. <laughs> They're very much not yeah. being silent. Yes. And, <laughs> and didn't turn out to be in the majority no, either. No. Yeah. Yeah, And the thing about 62% of people say they lie on polls, how would you... The only way you could find that out is using a poll. And <laughs> and if you've got people yeah. saying, do you do you lie when people like me ask you questions? People go, oh, yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah, definitely it's, do, all the time. No, that's not a thing. The, <laughs> I think what he's referring to here is a survey that the Cato Institute did uh, about a month before this which found that 62% of people are afraid to share political views that they have. So right. not with pollsters. It's not like when yeah. someone specifically asks you, who do you support? They, yeah. they say they lie and say they support Hillary Clinton or Joe Biden or whatever. Yeah. It's that people, and, it's, and by people, it's 77% Republicans, 52% um, of Democrats and 59% of independents that that fear that have political opinions that they're afraid yeah. to share because they think because I believe it says others might find them offensive. Right. And I'm pretty sure 77% Republicans do have views that people would find offensive. offensive yeah. So good. <laughs> so, exactly. It's quite worrying that only 77% yeah. of them worry <laughs> only about Only 77% of them recognise that they're offensive. That's the, yeah. Exactly, yeah. yeah. But yeah, that, that's what it is, is that these people recognise that not everyone agrees with them yeah. and that if they express their views, some people are going to be offended, some people are going to disagree with them, so they choose not to express their views in public or talk to people about politics. Right, which is a which is fair absolutely not yeah. the same thing as sixty two percent of people lie on polls. No, no, but that doesn't matter because he's just is a willfully ignorant and b just ignorant. Yeah, about that stuff, and and also he says it's a silent majority, the size of which you've never seen. Well, yeah. that's that's a tautological statement, isn't it? Because <laughs> yeah. you know, never so, heard of them either. Yeah, no, never, never heard of them. The thing, yeah, like you'd never heard. But then, but if if it is a silent majority, ha and 
and you can't see them, how do you know it's the biggest one? Because you wouldn't have been able to see the other ones either. Yeah. Well, I, I guess it comes from the, you know the smaller your minority or the smaller the, the minority is arguing against you, the larger the majority must therefore be in the zero sum of politics. <laughs> you're either for for the issue or you're against Absolutely. it. Yeah. What the hell? <laughs> and now is the time, I think, for Mark's British politics corner. I don't know whether it's a stretch of the thing, because I'm, I'm talking to you from France, where I had to change the little sticker on the back of my car on my, on my license plate. There's a normal little thing that tells you where you come from. In case you forget. In case you forget. Or in case other people look at you and they can't, and they don't really, they go, there's no driver in that car. Oh, no, the steering wheel's on the other side. The, um, the the little the numbers used to be GB the letters used to be GB and now it's UK. So in British politics, G, we were never really GB because that includes the Republic of Ireland. So British politics, I'm going to actually talk about Scottish politics. Hang on, gonna I'm going to stop you there because GB doesn't include. This is to be fair, doesn't famously complicated. GB right. doesn't no because it's the United Kingdom of Great Britain and Northern Ireland. Um, so UK includes wow, more right. than Great Britain. Oh, okay. Great, Great Britain is just the landmass. Yeah. Oh, the British um, Isles. The British Isles includes the Republic of yeah. Ireland. Yeah. The, whereas uh, the the UK includes Northern Ireland, but not the Republic. Right. So. Yeah. Okay. Oh, Great Britain. It's, I mean, and literally. Ireland. Okay. Yeah. Nobody understands this fully. I'm no. I'm only about eighty percent sure I've got it right in there. But <laughs> I have got a tea towel with it on, with it, which is kind of like a map of thing, and then there's rings drawn around it saying, "Yeah, this is GB. These are the British Isles. This is the UK." It's like a really weird Venn diagram. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So the recent expansion to the UK was to make sure that Northern Ireland doesn't think about seceding from the, <laughs> not the Union. Yeah, the Union. No, yeah, kinda. Mm. Yeah. So anyway, similarly, Scotland was talking about seceding from the Union in July 2014. With the Scottish referendum was up, and basically it was the idea that um, Scotland would become independent of Britain. So of England, independent, it would govern itself. So it wouldn't be governed remotely from. Westminster. Even though there is a Scottish Parliament, the uh, the laws that they tend to have to enact are determined in Westminster, and they have their representatives from a Scottish party in Westminster. So you vote in Westminster for representatives from Scotland. Same is same is true of Wales and Northern Ireland. And in July 2014, the independence referendum was up, and David Cameron was speaking to. Well, I don't know who you're speaking to, really. The converted, I think. Um, <laughs> and he was talking about the fact that there's this, again, the same similar thing to Trump. There's this vocal group that were campaigning for yes to the referendum. And they were the people who were, um, you know, have always wanted to be independent and were vehement about it and campaigning strongly for it. Cameron, which was also his downfall in Brexit was um, convinced that there was a silent majority. We've had the noise. We've had the sound and fury. We've had lots of arguments. We've had, if you like, the noisy nationalists. It is now, now time to hear from the silent majority. I love the way he cocks up. 
it is now time. It is not. It is nine. <laughs> it is not nine. Yeah. So we've had the noisy nationalists. They do love alliteration. Uh, the noisy nationalists, and now we want the silent majority. But so, who are his silent majority? Is the question. If they're not the noisy nationalists, who are they? And at the time, Strathclyde University politics professor John Curtis believed that the Prime Minister, uh, Cameron was the Prime Minister at the time, use of the phrase is an implicit recognition that no supporters are less likely to take part in a referendum campaign in comparison to the highly visible and passionate yes side. He said no supporters are much left act, much less active in terms of campaigning, going on the web and knocking on doors and so forth. They're silent, relatively speaking, in comparison to the yes side. And it's a bit like the Brexit vote, was the yes side are so passionate because they've probably believed in independence for the whole of their lives, whereas the no side probably wished for the, the referendum wasn't happening. <laughs> and, and they might be less enthusiastic campaigners, but that's not to say they're less likely to vote. Yeah, and, there's a thing here, because I think the, it, it comes with an implicit assumption that numbers are the most important thing, mm. and not a completely unreasonable assumption given democracy etc yeah um but i think there's a valid um another way of looking at it Mm -hmm. which is that if a slightly smaller number really really care about one side and a larger number don't really care aren't that bothered which way it goes yeah maybe the minority should get what they want (laughs) because <laughs> it matters more to them if the yeah. the others are like i just i'm not really bothered if if yeah. if a large group of people couldn't give a shit does it yeah. matter what you know does it matter it, what happens yeah yeah they don't get to complain yeah if if they don't get what they want so yeah, yeah these these vocal minorities um yeah. who do protesting and do campaigning and and you know vote when when they when we have a vote and yeah. frankly fucking disgustingly yeah. it, it, it the entire electorate is a minority in almost every case well, yeah, whenever exactly. we have a yeah. vote on anything yeah it's only less the, than half the voting people minority get involved, yeah 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 which is ridiculous but yeah the fact that that most people don't give a shit means may, maybe we shouldn't care what they think if they can't yeah. be bothered to make the slightest effort yeah in ex- <laughs> expressing what how they feel about something yeah yeah even if it's but you know not even vehemently opposing stuff but mm-hmm. sufficient sufficient to go and vote the other way yeah i think the i think the the downside of that thought is <laughs> no, that you no are, downsides there's no downside no. <laughs> you are, is that you'll get which is currently what's currently happening in france is that the uh, the incumbent macron who's kind of slightly centrist towards the left probably um, is being troubled. Well, they've just had the first round of elections, and he was uh, somewhat troubled by the fact that the right-wing candidate, Marine Le Pen, um, son of, I was going to say, <laughs> daughter of Jean-Marie Le Pen, um, you know, is, who is the complete right-wing candidate, um, got a lot more of the vote than they, they, the Macron thought they would, and it's very close. So he's gone to a second round. Mm. So now... Not now, the majority. But Not a majority, no. The majority no. was still seeing through Le Pen and 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 recognizing that there is an important thing that they need to get out and vote, like 
people. Well, one, one hopes so in the sec, in the yeah. second round. But yeah. I, having talked to some people, they were saying, well, the 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 real socialists that I voted for, which you know, again, we got into conversations about Corbyn and Starmer, <laughs> the real the real socialist, he's not going to get in. So am I going to hold my nose like we all had to last time round when we got Jean Marie Le Pen out um, by holding our nose and voting for? Chirac, um, are they going to do that? Or, but they're saying, well, I can't to which be bothered. the answer is yes, to fucking do that. Yeah, because otherwise you get Marine Le Pen. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, <laughs> and that's the problem. You see, if if the uh, if the silent majority can't be asked to vote, yeah. they deserve all they get. But I, you know, I'm liking it, the silent majority less and less as we go through. Yes. Yeah. This. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Why are they, they? They ought to speak up a bit. For <laughs> sake. Yeah. You can't just sit there and go. You know, yeah. I can't be asked, and then complain about how things have turned out. Mm-hmm. That's a, yeah. That, and then see, so you get vocal minorities. You, you end up with things like Brexit. You end up yeah. with things like. You know, um, Erdogan getting in, and you know, you get the people who are really active and who know full well, which is exactly what happened with Get Brexit Done and how Boris got in because they just actively went out, and other people just went, Oh, for fuck's sake, another election? <laughs> We've had five in three years, or three in five, or far too many in too short a time. And they just got fed up and they knew full well that that's what they were doing. And that's why they had it on a rainy Thursday in December when it was dark at four o'clock in the afternoon. So nobody would go out to vote knowing that the silent majority would just stay home. Of course, Mm. when it's when it suits them, as in this case with Cameron, the silent majority needs geeing up to get them out and in fact what happened was in the the referendum election in scotland the silent majority won would not really the active no voters did <laughs> and the scottish national party uh, who were in charge and running the campaign their leader alex salmon resigned because of the failure of the referendum nicola sturgeon was elected leader and then she led the scottish national party through a landslide victory in the 2015 UK general election, winning 56 out of the 59 Scottish seats at Westminster. And in the 2016 Scottish Parliament election, whilst they lost their overall majority, it still remained the largest party. And then in 2019 United Kingdom general election, she led her party to another landslide victory. And in the Scottish Parliament election, in 2021, on a manifesto promise to hold a second independence referendum, they won 64 of the 129 seats in the Scottish Parliament. And the SNP, so therefore, won a fourth consecutive election and Sturgeon won a third term uh, for the first time in history. And what happened was that in the um, in that election, she defeated the... Scottish the conserv- Scottish Conservative leader Douglas Ross and the Scottish Liberal Democrat leader Willie Rennie by 64 votes she got 31 so t- more than twice what Douglas Ross the Tories got and the Liberal Party Liberal Democrat leader got four so like Kevin Phillips Bong <laughs> no votes at all so <laughs> so our second example is Douglas Ross the self same defeated Scottish Conservative leader at the 2022 
Tory Party conference, Scottish Tory Party conference, and he cited the same powerhouse of the silent majority to bolter his chance of election in 2026. Scotland has been gripped by the dead hand of nationalism for the last 15 years. And look at what it's done to us. We've become divided against ourselves. Can anyone say that Scotland of 2022 is a better place than Scotland of 2007? The nation I grew up in was confident and outward-looking. Yet the nation my kids grew up in today is bitter and inward-facing. That isn't a record that any government should be proud of. We have become worse off, both economically and intellectually, because we are stuck with a government that won't take any responsibility. They say none of this is their fault. So, so he's, he's talking about the Scottish National Party there, but he's using the same language that's levelled against the Tory party, the National Tory party, not just the Scottish Tory party. And it's also interesting that the, 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 he goes on to say the implication is in a minute that the SNP is the, the vocal minority they're the noisy nationalists but Sturgeon got twice as many votes as he did and in the previous election got 56 out of 59 seats in Westminster mm-hmm. that's not uh, uh, you know the, the silent majority in that case with three yeah. so or, or 31 versus 64 <laughs> So it's and it's so there is no powerhouse there and and it's not stagnated. You can tell that he's a conservative because basically he's harking back to the good old days when the Tories were in in two thousand seven. Thatcher still alive then? I think so. Um, and and the place isn't and and he said my kids are growing up. That's Scottish for bitter when he says bitter, um, and but the. But they're not. It's just that's his view of of how things were when he grew up. Oh, it was much better when I grew up and when we had mm-hmm. good old trustworthy Tories. And Yeah, it's quite rare to find someone who goes, Oh, you know, things were shit when I was young. It was much better now. Terrible is much, much better now. <laughs> it's exactly yeah. Now that the other lot are in power <laughs> and have you know and then and the S and P are not inward looking. They what they are is if anything is well, as they got swept into power with a massive majority, like an almost unanimous um, voting in, certainly in Westminster, their representative, it's almost the entirety of of the, I think the other three seats were Tories. But so they, they, and they are inward looking, they represent a good deal of, of Scottish thought and Scottish wishes, and particularly in 2016, the majority of Scotland voted to remain in the EU. And that's kind of fired up the second independence referendum because they're saying, we don't want to leave the EU because if we do, this it affects our jobs, it affects this, it affects all of that. So all of those things that Ross is saying are, have got worse since they've been in power are down to the fact that during that the last 15 years, the Tories have been in Westminster in in the last 15 years <laughs> so things have got worse but they haven't got as worse in scotland because they've done their utmost to put in um local national based um policies and continue to look to the eu 
So yeah. So anyway, yeah. so this is the second bit of his thing where he goes on to say, so he also blamed nationalism for fermenting division rather than the Tories' culture wars, shock doctrine, policy of destabilising communal thought and encouraging active hate and social inequality, just to note that. So, but, so, but how, to, how do we go about changing the status quo? How do we beat the SNP's massive majority? Well, we need to take back Scotland from the SNP. There is a majority out there to take us forward. The same silent majority that said to Nicola Surgeon no in 2014. And our goal must be to bring that majority together again to break the deadlock. We need the silent majority to rediscover its voice. There you go. So a point of fact, they didn't say no to Nicola Sturgeon. They said no to Alex Salmond. And ever since Nicola Sturgeon has been in, everyone's there's been a resounding yes. And and his argument is, so we're going to take back. And can you recognise the thing? Let's take back <laughs> Scotland, take back control of Scotland, make um, Scotland great again. Yes, exactly. <laughs> you know, all that stuff, <laughs> isn't it? Take it back from the SNP. Take it back from the National Party that is promoting Scottish ideals. Let's take that back and they kind of make it into a Tory thing whereby we don't do any of those, you know, societal health service, education, free ed free university education, by the way, still in yeah. Scotland, you know, um, access to and the National Health in Scotland doing terribly well compared with. Yeah. So that it's making the Tories look bad. So what they're saying is we need to appeal to the silent majority. So those people that only voted three people in in Westminster and those people that only voted 31 seats in Scotland, the, you know, the, the ones that didn't do the voting, we've got to get them out. And glossing over the fact that the ones that didn't vote for them voted for Nicola and, and the SNP. Yeah. So, yeah. And that, so this is all despite the fact that the SNP won on the basis of a promise of a second referendum and the prospect as such of rejoining the EU. And in a way, it's kind of... The, he wants the people to say... The same people that said no to the referendum before, he wants them to say no again now. And actually what they, what Scotland actively did was say no to Brexit. So the same active, it depends on your view, doesn't it, as to who is the silent majority. So all those people that he's kind of saying, just get out and fucking vote, will you? Forgetting the fact that they all got out and voted and they didn't vote Tory. <laughs> that's that's the yeah, thing. Get out yeah. and vote. No, not like that. Not like <laughs> that, like this. Yeah, no, the, the, the people, that, the people that want, we want the people that aren't voting like that <laughs> to get out and vote the way we want them to, uh -huh. yeah. And incidentally, this is the same Douglas Ross who said Boris should resign over Partygate and was consequently called a lightweight by Jacob Rees-Mogg. And oddly, Ross seems to have changed his tune a month ago, saying now is not the time to replace Boris. And he withdrew his letter of no confidence. And there are now calls from the hitherto silent majority to, for him himself to resign as a result of his U-turn. Yeah. That's the problem with the, with asking the silent majority to speak up because you know might, might yeah. not be okay not with what they say. What you're, it, <laughs> yeah, in which case they become the noisy nationalists. Yeah, yeah, don't absolutely. They? Yeah, and dismissible. Uh -huh. Goodbye, logic. It's the end. 
he's come to shred the truth again An evil vision of just upbucking Left his stench while we were not looking And the voters are immune to their disdain Did both remain Cause they're waiting to know what Simon and Garfunkel, of course, for their apt for this episode, Sound of Silence. So in the fallacy in the world, we like to talk about the fallacy of the week from a non-political perspective, but we are not going to be able to do that because, uh, from what I've found, this is basically exclusively a political fallacy. I haven't really found wow. any examples that, right. that are not, in some way at least, political. Yeah. Yeah, um, I do recall when I was working at the BBFC, yeah. one of my fellow examiners told me that the progressive kind of movement of people thinking that it was okay to see, you know, sex and violence and strong language and stuff at different categories was was just a vocal minority. And actually, the majority of the country would, were kind of Daily Mail readers. Wow. Who think that that's all who terrible. Were- yeah. Um and wow. I, I did point out that the sun has a circulation significantly higher than the Daily yeah. Mail. Um, yeah. And those people seem all right with a bit of nudity. Yeah. Um <laughs> Yeah, but they're vocal. Uh, they're, yeah, yeah. The vocal they're yeah, not yeah. the silent majority. Yeah. Uh-huh. So the yes. And the, yeah. But, exactly. uh, beyond that real world example. Um, Our first example in this section is from uh, Nixon, the not the politician yet, but the the 1995 Oliver Stone film uh, starring Anthony Hopkins. Yep, yep, yep. And uh, this is his speech at the 1968 Republican National Convention. A new voice is being heard across America today. It is not the voice of the protesters or the chowders. It is the quiet voice of a majority of Americans who have been forgotten. The non-chowders, the uh, non-demonstrators, they're the good people. They work hard and they save and they pay their taxes. Who are they? Let me tell you who they are. They're in this audience by the thousands. They are the white Americans and black Americans, Mexican Americans and Italian Americans. They're the great silent majority. And they have become angry, finally, angry, not with hate, but angry, my friends, because they love America and they don't like what's happened to America these last four years. That's a larger majority than Trump normally includes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, Actually, watching this film, it was weird, because this is 1995. Uh, I rewatched Citizen Kane as well recently, uh, and they uh, they are both really weirdly prescient about a lot of Trump stuff. There's there's a lot of stuff yeah, that you can yeah, kind of yeah. really see. It feels like he watched these films and went, "Yeah, okay, that's being well, a politician." And made notes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Wow. Nixon talks a lot about the forgotten Americans, the forgotten people, um, and you know, I'm going to give those people a voice and that kind of stuff. Now, this actually didn't quite happen at the Republican National Convention in '68. Right. Part of the speech he gives in the film is word for word what happened in 68 but this bit is a, is kind of fabricated but it is it's on the same kind of theme he was talking about the forgotten americans and about you know that that there are non-demonstrators as well as the people who are demonstrating currently against mm-hmm. vietnam but actually the time that nixon used the phrase 
the silent majority, mm. which was where it got its cachet from and why Trump said later, you're not allowed to say it anymore because right. people ah, associate yes, it yes. with Nixon. Yeah. Was in a televised address that he did to the American people in 1969 when he was mm. basically trying to get people to give him their support about his plans for Vietnam. Um, in the midst of a lot of people in the streets protesting against what he was trying to do and against the war. So tonight, to you, the great silent majority of my fellow Americans, I ask for your support. So he was saying that the protesters, the people who are against the war and against what I'm doing, are just, they're the minority. They're yeah, essentially yeah. communists, they're leftists, they're troublemakers. And yeah. and the silent majority of Americans, the rest of you, the ones who are currently not saying anything or doing anything, yeah, 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 I need your support. I need you, who yeah. who clearly agree with me already, to to step up and and kind of go with me on what I'm trying to do. And he's also saying otherwise, if you don't, then I will link you with you know the Black Panthers and yeah. John and Yoko and. And all the the demonstrators and all that lot, you you will be lumped in with those. And you know we, we so he's appealing to just as Archie Bunker Trump does to the people that just with their buzz cut haircuts sitting on their lazy boy <laughs> recliners, going, oh, look at those long haired. You can't tell whether they're boys or girls, and I can't hear the words. Not like you used to be able to <laughs> with Ben Crosby. All that kind of stuff. So they don't. He, he's that's that's the silent subtext of his <laughs> silent majority thing is to say otherwise, then you're just as bad as the long haired hippies. Mm -hmm. ah, yeah, 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 mm, yeah. yeah. So our second example comes from the Gilmore Girls, and this is ah. an episode where uh, it's the the time the annual spring fling in. Um, What's it called? Stars Hollow, the, the town right. where they live. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, and Taylor, the kind of de facto mayor of the town, the kind of leader of the council, has um, spent the entire budget for the Spring Fling Festival on a, uh, a hay bale maze because he wanted to have a hay bale maze. <laughs> now, I am aware that a small but vocal minority of you have expressed concern about the progress of this year's Spring Fling Festival. I would like to take this time to assure you that everything is going as planned. So, yeah, it's going as yeah, he's yeah. planned it. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, basically everyone in town is usually involved in this right. festival. They have stalls. They sell lemonade or salty nuts or whatever. And Lorelei runs the, um, the inn and Luke runs the diner. And they all get business from yeah. this thing. And they've got tourists coming to the town specifically for this festival. Um, and he's just taken the entire thing over and spent all the budget on one thing. And then accusing all of them who's complaining <laughs> yeah. as a small vocal minority. Yeah, exactly. In a yeah. disparaging yeah. way. So, yeah. and, and, by, and while he doesn't invoke the silent majority directly, by suggesting that the people who are complaining are a, are a small yeah. vocal minority, yeah. it implies that and therefore... Yeah. Uh, you know, he is he is he's got numbers on his side because it's only a minority who are complaining. Despite exactly. That action. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's basically everyone. Yeah. Well, that, I was I was looking up the the uh, the derivation pre Nixon, and turns out it was it was a euphemism for um, the the dead. 
yeah. um, from the 1800s. So it was kind of like, you know, it was all of the people, they are the silent majority because there are, I'm not sure that it's true anymore. That, uh, some, probably in the 1800s, there were more people dead than were alive. The number that gets bandied about that I've heard yeah. is that there are more people alive now than have ever died. Wow. But I'm pretty sure that's not true. No, that's right. That's right. <laughs> it's one of those things that just people say and think. You oh, just go, oh, that's, that's really that's cool. Isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So it's all bollocks. <laughs> yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna play fake news, folks. I love the game. It's a great game. I understand the game as well as anybody, as well as anybody. Yes, it's time for fake news. The game where I read out three Trump quotes, two of which are real and one I made up, and Mark has to figure out which one is fake well, news. Well, this this week I could invoke the silent majority, and uh, but they're only the silent majority only holds one more point than I do because it's 43 uh-huh. out of 87 so the silent majority not doing that well it's a bit like a Douglas Ross election in <laughs> Scotland they've only got uh-huh. one more point than I have so you know the silent majority and they're not all that cracked up to me yeah yeah so our theme this week is actually this these are clips from an answer that Trump gave on on Hannity's show uh, yesterday oh actually, Mm -hmm. as we're recording this. And the question he was asked was, do you think that Joe Biden is compromised by China or Russia or Ukraine because of Hunter Biden's dealings with those countries? Right. (laughs) And the the answer would be... No. Well, he thinks, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a kind of a softball, isn't it? Do I mean, Hannity think? was, yeah. Was, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hannity was absolutely, he, in fact, in the question he said, because I do. Right. So, um, <laughs> okay. but, but Trump's answer, and to be fair, it was quite a rambling question. The question lasted more than a minute. Right. Trump's answer lasted several minutes. I don't think at any point he mentioned Biden at all. Wow. Or, or referred in any way back to the question. Oh, okay. Right. <laughs> It was. It was. It was good. now it over was, to me. Yeah. It, it really was. Yeah. It wasn't worth asking a question at all because this was just other stuff he said. Right. So. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like it's like in the remember, remember Sade in the eighties when she would sing <laughs> sing an album's worth of songs and then they would just go right okay that's enough and then they would like snip the tape and make an album <laughs> and then they'd just come back and she and then go right sing again it's a bit like that with Trump you could just uh-huh. dip in yeah, and yeah. out at any point just get him in a room in front of a microphone and the answer would just keep burbling away he's still doing it even when we think oh, he's silent yeah absolutely with, when they turn the mic down he's still talking like that's this. the thing it's the it's the it's the audio text at fox yeah. they just dip <laughs> yeah. his his bit while hannity asks the question and then raise trumps again exactly, trump yeah. doesn't even know there's someone else there no, he's just hannity. talking yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah so yeah these are bits from what right. he said okay <laughs> number 1 they suppress the vote, and they artificially suppress the vote, and probably illegally suppress the vote, and nobody wants to talk about it, but it's a very dangerous thing. Now what they do is they use prosecutors. Look, I've gone through in five years more investigations than Al Capone, Jesse James and Billy the Kid put together. If I fly over a Democrat state in my aeroplane, I end up before a grand jury. It's a disgrace. Wow. That's brilliant. Yeah, that is true. He did get more investigations than Al Capone, because it's like... One for Al Capone. Wasn't yeah, I think it was yeah. one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. 
And I don't think anyone really investigated Jesse James and Billy no. the Kid so much as just shot no. them out and shot them, just yeah. not in a gunfight with them. Yeah. Yeah. You can tell where he's, tell where he's coming from. Can't he? he thinks he's John Wayne. <laughs> <That's the thing. laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, he does align himself with these kind of, you know, gangsters. Yeah, yeah there, there you go. Yeah, gangsters so and outlaws. There is yeah. that. Yeah. Okay. Statement number yep. two. But I just, based on past, I think probably nothing will happen. Look, we also had a chance, but Bill Barr, the Attorney General, didn't want to be impeached. They were vicious with him. They said, we're going to impeach you. They didn't even know why, but they were going to impeach Bill Barr. He didn't want to be impeached. How do you not get impeached? You sit back and relax and wait out for your term to end. What? Okay. Okay. Great. And this is an answer about Hunter Biden's laptop. Okay. Right. Uh Uh Right. Yeah. Uh, Statement number three. I told him he needed to do the right thing. I said, I got impeached twice. It didn't do me any harm. In fact, if you remember, I went up in the polls by a lot, by a lot. Maybe he should have tried to get impeached. Frankly, if Bill Barr had done his job and done what I hired him to do, then we wouldn't be in the mess we are now. And it is a mess. And now he writes his crummy book, which is full of lies, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) By a lot, by a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I hate the way he does that. When he just say, he will say something and then say it again, <laughs> which kind of accelerates the truth and reaffirms it and uh, appeals to his own authority. Because you know, yeah, somebody said lots of people, many people have said, yeah, I've heard one person say by a lot. Well, it was you just then, <laughs> right? And then the the <laughs> I had five guys beat twice, didn't do any harm. Okay. He didn't want to be impeached. How do you not get impeached? You sit back and relax. Wait for that. Really? Apart from the fact that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he is the authority on not getting impeached. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And sitting back and relaxing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, well, they're all just ridiculously fictitious in in their content so it's difficult to pick one <laughs> it's deliberately fictitious okay but i'm mm, you see i'm erring towards i got impeached twice it didn't do me any harm because that's a proper gym sized joke but uh but the one i just based on past i think probably nothing will happen is very trump but it could but it's all could be very well observed gymnasts. Uh, and the Al Capone just has Billy the Kid. That's the bit that's making me worry about that one. Mm, okay, I think I've got a plump for the impeach twice. Didn't do me any going harm. With your, going with your gut. As the giveaway. Yeah. It, yeah. I get the sense now that that's the wrong thing to do. But I think I'm going... For that, yeah, number three is the one that you made. Okay, so of the other two, Mm -hmm. which Mm -hmm. are you more convinced by? Uh, Number two, just based on past, I think probably nothing will happen, though I now know that you wrote that. Number two? Yeah. Yeah. Real. But I just, based on past, I think probably nothing will happen. Look, (laughs) we also had a chance, but Bill Barr, the Attorney General, didn't want to be impeached. They were vicious with him. They said, we're going to impeach him. They didn't even know why, but they were going to impeach Bill Barr. He didn't want to be impeached. How do you not get impeached? 
You just sit back and relax and wait out for your term to end. How do you not get impeached? <laughs> yeah, yeah. All the best people are getting impeached. <laughs> yeah. How do you not? How, yeah. Why? How did you? Oh, impeachment's that? too yeah. good for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They were vicious with him. They said we're going to impeach you. They didn't even know why. You've kind of got to know why, haven't you? But they were going to do it. He didn't want it. He didn't want to be it. What, what kind of a, what kind of an attorney general is it that doesn't want to get impeached? You want you don't want an attorney general like that. You want somebody that really <laughs> behaves in a way that is impeachable. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, like, like me. Yeah. You just sit back and relax and wait your term to end. What the hell? And I love that open that opening sentence is brilliant, isn't it? I just based on past, I think probably nothing will happen. Nothing, but that wasn't. That wasn't out of context. There wasn't something that led into that 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 made any sense with. Right. Nothing will happen about what? There, he wasn't talking yeah. about anything. No. It's, <laughs> it's like when, when you watch, watch stand-up um, comedians and they're going from one routine, uh-huh. one little bit, yeah, yeah. and then they get into the next bit. There's <laughs> those, yeah, there's those kind of joining up bits that don't actually mean anything because they aren't funny in and of themselves. They're just working out, unless they've written it on the back of their hand, yeah. like Stuart Lee does in Big Marco. He just put one word on the back of his hand. You know, he's, they're kind of running around going, where, where do I go next? Where do I go next? And, and you get sentences like, but I just, based on past, I think probably nothing will happen. <laughs> and a funny thing happened on the way to the forum. Yeah. That's so. just so good. He kind of interrupts himself. <laughs> there are three or four, you know, my name is Legion for We Are Many. There are three or four of him talking in there, running around, picking up key cards. Wow. So you also think so, number one is number one. Yeah. And number one yeah. is yeah. real. They suppress the vote, and they artificially suppress the vote, and probably illegally suppress the vote, and nobody wants to talk about it. But it's a very dangerous thing. And now what they do is they use prosecutors. Now, look, I've gone through in five years more investigations than Al Capone, Jesse James, and Billy the Kid put together, if I fly <laughs> over a Democrat state in my airplane, I end up uh, before a grand jury. It's a disgrace. Just a reminder, this was a question about Hunter Biden's laptop. <laughs> right. And who's who's suppressing the vote and artificially suppressing the vote and probably illegally suppressing the vote? The Republicans. Uh-huh. Preventing people from voting legally by any means necessary. Because they know they will never get in office again if everybody has a free and fair vote. So that's what they do. And that, and so they go. It goes from suppress the vote. To, yeah, need yeah. It's not Hunter Biden laptop. Yeah, they suppress the vote, and then he goes from there to himself. They that's oh, yeah, what yeah, happens. Yeah. That's what happens. Yeah, it's, it's like I don't want to talk about someone else. I want to talk about yeah, me. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's enough about you. Let's talk, let's talk about. Let's me. talk about yeah. what you think about me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, and even Hannity can't hold the laugh in after Al Capone, Jesse James, yeah. and Billy the Kid put together. It's kind. It's it's a it's a a, a lame, lazy gag, mm-hmm. and it's me- meaningless beyond you know. When you look at it, you go, "Well, that's just not funny because it doesn't make sense." Al yeah, Capone see, that's that's why you didn't fall Hannity. for that one and think that I'd made that up because I would have written a better gag than that. So you would, you would. <laughs> 
Yeah. Which in fact you uh-huh. did. Oh, you did, <laughs> and I, I spotted it. Yay! Yeah. yeah. If he'd have said I got impeached twice, it didn't do me any harm. That would be brilliant. There's got to be a way of editing him to say that. He did say that he went off in the polls after he got impeached. No. But that was the only bit of that 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 I took from what he really said. And then he writes his crime book, which is full of lies, by the way. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, they're they're just brilliant, brilliantly observed asides. (laughs) It's it's, 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 the way his entire kind of speech pattern... It's it's like what it's not even skin deep. It's like one micron deep, isn't it? There's no depth to what he's saying. He's kind of it, he sounds like he knows a lot of stuff, but he knows nothing. <laughs> you know, mm. people think I know fuck nothing, but I know fuck all. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> Which means yeah. that you Yay. got that right, and so Hurrah. you're back up for, to fifty percent. Oh right! Um, I think you have you have been above fifty percent, but oh, briefly. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah. but uh, but now you're back. When up I was there. the vocal majority. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cool. Oh righty. So yeah, you're not you're not now a vocal minority. You're a vocal exactly equal with the people who have got the same different yeah. ones right, or something like yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're, yes, but they're still wrong. Yes. So it's time for the part of the show that this week at least is called Hunter Biden's laptop is not a logical fallacy. Uh, we did talk about Hunter Biden's laptop. So unlike Trump, we're going to talk about it. Yeah, <laughs> we uh, yeah, yeah we, we, did, we? we we talked um, at length about the whole thing about it being left Crazy in uh, yeah. this yeah. Uh, computer repair shop in Delaware. And this registered blind guy who thought maybe it was Hunter Biden That's who right, dropped yeah. it off. Don't know. Um <laughs> Yes. had yeah. it for a while and then decided to look at the stuff on it and then decided to send it to Rudy Giuliani. Yeah. Um, that was episode 61, so by all means go back and listen to that if you think that you would like to hear more about our views on John Paul Mac Isaac, I think is, uh, is the guy's name, and and uh, that's right, yeah. What, yeah. Whether we think what he did with the laptop was was he good. was never he was never born to work on PCs <laughs> with no. a name like that, was he? But the reason we're talking about it again is because yeah. both the New York Times and the Washington Post have recently published articles in which they have indicated that some of the material that is that is purportedly from the laptop that might have been Biden's right. that was left at a Delaware PC repair shop and completely ignored with a, with a, a registered blind man <laughs> and, and was never yeah. picked up. Some of those... Yeah, uh, that material has been verified as yeah. real emails. That and has spent right. the last two weeks yeah. going. See, see, we said it was all real. Now the Washington we- Post, and the New York Times are admitting that they were lying yeah. all that time, and everything was real, yeah. and all of the things we've been saying about Hunter Biden are real, and it's all true, and they've admitted it's it's verified they've they've looked at it and they they agree and is there then an, ast- an asterisk <laughs> yeah. at the end of the thing and then it goes down to the bottom yeah. some of these weirdly not won't no, hold up weirdly, under scrutiny uh, yeah. they are just pretending that that the two yeah. biggest investigative reporting newspapers in the u.s have now admitted that 
Hunter Biden's laptop and all right, of all the along. extremely yeah. damning uh, material that was on there, which, which, as we said in episode 61, barely pointed to anything even slightly yeah. kind of, not even illegal, nothing even slightly immoral no. or problematic in any way. Or, or even possibly not very good business practice. Yeah. There was not even as good, strong as barely that. Barely anything. Yeah. On, uh, yeah. They, yeah, not they've, likely they've said to that's make all, a lot of that's money real. as far as it went. So, yeah, right, uh, so I thought right. we'd just have a look at the Washington Post's article about it. To see what they actually found. Because yeah. to be fair to the right wing, <laughs> as you Careful know, I now. always like to Careful. do. <laughs> yes, yeah. Let's deal about the other side yeah. and give them the best version of events. The Washington Post yeah. article is fucking shit. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, is, it is not well written. I mean, it's it's titled, Here's How the Post Analyzed Hunter Biden's Laptop. They did not yeah. analyze Hunter Biden's laptop. So there's problem yeah. number yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a kind of click, you know, it's online clickbait yeah. headlines, isn't it? I mean, you just go down and then you get one sentence yeah. or one paragraph and then basically the rest of the paragraphs repeat the first paragraph. Again, since I'm in the in the kind of steel botting spirit yeah the people who wrote the article in many cases in newspapers and media generally don't necessarily write the headline the headlines tend right. to be added on by sub-editors and they yeah. are yeah. generally involved in and basically just trying to get eyes to the article so yeah. it's possible that craig timberg matt weiser and tom hamburger who are the people who wrote this article did not write the headline here's how the post analyzed hunter biden's laptop Right. But somebody did, and they were wrong. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. An, and the article goes to great lengths to show uh -huh. that they didn't. Um, it doesn't. Yeah. The article doesn't, however, start off by saying, as we've been saying for ages, there's yeah. no way of knowing whether any of the stuff that people have been saying on is on Hunter Biden's laptop is actually Hunter yeah, Biden's. On Hunter Biden. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> or even there. However, yeah. here are yeah. some things we have found out. That's how it should have started, is saying, as, yeah. we, as has been reported by all reputable, reputable news sources, all of the stuff the right wing is saying is bullshit. However, yeah. here's some stuff we found out. But no, they enter yeah. into it. Just to prove how bullshitty <laughs> yeah. it is. Yeah. Basically, the, the Washington Post were given a portable hard drive by a Republican activist Jack Maxey, who, was, who used Jack, to work mm -hmm. for uh, Steve Bannon. He used to work on Steve Bannon's War Room podcast. And, uh, right. and so he gave the Post a hard drive, which he says yeah. contains right. the contents of the hard drive that John Paul Mac Isaac copied yep. off the original laptop, which John Paul Mac Isaac claims was Hunter Biden's. So this is at very right. least a copy of a copy of a copy of something which we yep. don't know the veracity of at all. So it's rock solid uh -huh. provenance of the entire thing. Yeah. yeah. So... <laughs> So the Washington Post of old would have just like dismissed it at that yeah, point, yeah. going, yeah. "Okay, yeah, is it? Did the is this the brother of the girlfriend <laughs> who used to walk the dog of the neighbor's aunt?" Uh -huh. Yeah, but what they did instead was they got two yeah. uh, data experts to right. to investigate 
the all of the information, all of the data on this on this hard drive, not laptop, uh, which was oh, okay. two hundred and seventeen gigabytes of data. Right. Um, and uh, they got them to look at it and say, okay, what can you tell us about this data? And specifically, in terms of the emails on it, which there were 129,000 emails on this portable mm-hmm. hard drive, can you verify, basically, that these emails were sent by the people who they say they were sent by and that they haven't been altered since? Right, yeah. And so that's the extent of what we can get from this analysis. The emails... Those 129,000 emails took up 4.3 gigabytes of data on this portable hard drive out of the 217 gigabytes that was there. Wow. What's the rest of it then? The rest is documents, videos, uh, pictures, etc., which could have been on there, could have been added at any point, could have been put on there from any source, uh, could have yeah. been could yeah. have been hacked from multiple places and added to this hard drive. We don't know. the The narrative at the time from the left was that this is all part of a Russian disinformation campaign immediately prior to the election uh, to to implicate Hunter in some stuff. They did a fucking awful job of that because the, yeah. even the stuff that's on there isn't particularly damning. Yeah, but yeah, the, yeah. the vast majority, like n- literally ninety five percent. It, that's not yeah. that's not hyperbole. Five yeah. percent of the content of this hard drive <laughs> the, is, is emails. The, oh, some emails. Yeah. yeah. Of yeah. that five percent, the post's data experts were able to verify, and I'll get to what verify means. <laughs> yeah. Twenty yeah. percent of those uh, emails. Five percent. Yeah. Right. Around okay. twenty-two thousand yep. of the hundred twenty-nine thousand emails. So right. so literally around one percent of the the data contained on this portable hard drive has yeah. been quotes verified right so when fox and oan and others are saying <laughs> the new york times and washington post are admitting that it's all true yeah what they're saying <laughs> okay. is okay, well, what we found is 1% of it we can say probably didn't directly come from russia <laughs> right yeah or probably wasn't put on there afterwards by a right-wing activist that used to work for Steve Bannon. But a, a, an amount, a non-zero amount, was yeah. definitely put on there afterwards. And we'll come to that. Oh, what? Yeah. Uh, well, <laughs> okay. <laughs> right. Right. So this stuff that they verified that the right thinks is it's all true, all the stuff we've been saying, uh-huh. the verification of it, How how did they verify it and what's their definition of verify so what they did was they looked at what's called cryptographic signatures right i mean you probably might be better at explaining what a cryptographic signature (laughs) is than me i don't know well i'm saying right like i knew what i meant it's basically about just that there's a, a a trail that the data leaves in the index indices of drives i would imagine yeah specifically for emails it's about yep. what happens to the data when it's sent mm-hmm. from a particular place. There's there's various ways where that data is converted into yep. uh, formats, which yep. which leaves trails which you can kind of go back and check and see, see whether where it went. that yeah, has yeah. come from the person it says it's come from and whether some changes have been made to that email in the process, after the fact, or or if it's kind of arrived as it was sent. It's the kind of stuff you see when you get a returned mail and it's saying this mail was unable to be delivered. 
if you look at the 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 body yeah. of that message, you will see the that used to be mailer demon pathway that would do yeah, that there stuff. You go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That you can you can see where it's been, how it got there, where it went, um, who it's come from, at what point did it get bounced, and where did it get bounced from, and how did it get back to you. All of that stuff is there. Blimey, can you imagine doing that for <laughs> 22,000 emails? So, yeah, that's essentially what they did. And and based on that, they, they reckon, although there's more to it than this, they have verified the cryptographic signatures of 22,000 of the emails. Right. That So that what they can say about those ones is they did come from who they say they came from and they haven't been altered since. Right. For the rest of the data... The security experts who examined the data for the post, according to this article, uh, um, could not come to definitive conclusions about the contents as a whole, including whether all of it originated from a single computer or whether it could have been assembled from files from multiple computers and put on the portable hard drive. Part of the claim of where this data comes from is that John Paul MacIsaac, when he was recovering data from the MacBook that was supposedly left by someone who might have been under Biden, yeah, This was in April of 2019. The problem with this particular Mac, I think they said it was water damaged at the time, was uh, right. that it would shut down kind of intermittently. And so in right. copying the data off, he couldn't copy it all off in one. He couldn't, like, clone the hard drive. He couldn't... I don't know why he couldn't remove the hard drive. That hasn't gone into... But he couldn't, for yep. whatever reason, yep. get the data you off think in one being a, being a being a Mac engineer yeah, yeah, you'd think. or a Mac repairer yeah. guy, you'd kind of go, oh, well, I'll just plugged it into a dim power yeah. supply or yeah yeah He's, but he no he it. um yeah what he was doing was recovering the data and uh so he would copy off some files until it shut down then he right. would start it up again check what yep. files had copied over and then start copying others over until it shut down again right so he was doing it all in batches so so it's not surprising that you can't necessarily tell whether this is all data from one source or whether it has you know, been added from multiple sources, some of which may have right. been Russian, yeah. to this hub, yeah. to this portable hard drive. Yeah. Um, okay. He yeah. he then, at some point in in July of 2019, gave mm-hmm. the uh, the laptop, the MacBook, that as far as we know could have been the Hunter Biden's, possibly to the FBI, right. but kept a copy of the hard drive for reasons right. that are unclear. <laughs> well, it's because he he spent so much time, yeah, copying and then verifying and then recopying. Why he didn't just verify them prior to switching it on again and just going, yeah. okay, well, what was the last <laughs> file? I'll just go mm-hmm. to there and then start from there. Yeah, because you've only got a limited time. Because yeah, he's yeah. just going to I mean, warm up and go down. He again. said at the time that he was happy to see the MacBook go to the FBI in July of 2019 because well because he was he was afraid having it in his possession that he may kind of come under some attack of some kind but at the same time that he was afraid of having this data in his possession and happy to see it go to the FBI he kept a copy of it uh, in case quotes in case he was ever thrown under the bus as a result of what he knew so so yeah, he was like, I don't want that. this in yeah. my in my shop, but I'll just keep yeah, a copy. Get it out of here. I'll just, <laughs> just in case. Um, yeah. Just in case that I go missing. Yeah. Yeah. Because because that wouldn't be doubly dangerous because the yeah. people that are out to get the laptop of you and wouldn't stop at nothing 
are not going to suspect that no. you, as a Mac engineer, would have made, <laughs> would have made a, copy a copy of that. And then in yeah. so December of that year, 2019, he that that was when he gave it to Giuliani. The drive. Yeah. Right. Uh, the okay. drive. The the yeah that he claimed was was a, a not a clone, but made up of stuff that was from Hunter Biden's right. laptop. Yeah, uh, I'm doing. Imagine throughout this entire thing, I'm doing air quotes. <laughs> the, the, yeah. When I say Hunter Biden's laptop, I'm always yeah. doing air quotes. <laughs> yeah. Okay, you're getting RSI. You want to be careful. <laughs> yeah. um, so uh, now, the Washington Post and the New York Times requested copies from Giuliani because Giuliani gave it to the New York Post, right. and the Post. Uh, wrote about it at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Washington Post and New York Times requested copies. Giuliani said no. He, they didn't give him copies. Um, Jack Maxey, the Republican activist who worked for Steve Bannon, supposedly yeah. got this copy from Giuliani right. and gave it for reasons that are unclear to the Washington Post a year or so later. Right. right. So so again, this is this is a copy from someone who claims he's it he's yep. got this copy from someone who got a copy from someone who made a copy of a copy that he copied from Hunter Biden's laptop. <laughs> in, Hunter Biden's laptop. In, in yeah. quotes. Yes, exactly, yeah. uh-huh. yes, we just have to do it in uh-huh. uh, in uh, Doctor Evil's voice. <laughs> yeah. Hunter so, Biden. Yeah. Lap. And that is what is being <laughs> yeah. verified here. Right. Right. <laughs> The, okay. the two yeah. experts that the Post got are Matt Green, a Johns Hopkins University security researcher who specialises in cryptography, and mm-hmm. Jake Williams, a forensic expert and former NSA operative who once hacked the computers of foreign adversaries. I, it doesn't say whether that was part of his job or just something he... Or you know, he just did that. Yeah. He did that, and that's why <laughs> they employed him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So they looked at all of the data. They they found uh, that there were nearly twenty two thousand emails that carried cryptographic signatures that could be verified using technology that would be difficult for even the most sophisticated hackers to fake. Such signatures are a way for the company that handles the, the email. In in the case of most of these, Google, Google was the either the source, be it Gmail or right. uh, or the the process through which it was sent for around 16,000 of these 22,000 emails. And Google's cryptographic um, signature process is kind of gold standard among uh, in the industry. It's really difficult to to get into and fake. So it's the way that it handles the email to provide proof the message came from a verified account and has not been altered in some way. Alterations made to an email after it has been sent cause the cryptographic signatures to become unverifiable says this article right right so like a hundred and seven thousand of the emails then because if yeah. only twenty two thousand of them had majority, verifiable yes. cryptographic yeah. signatures the, the, rest the others of had the kind of unverifiable signatures you get when you alter something <laughs> yes when you yes when you fiddle about with the signature or yes exactly uh-huh. you can have to get in there and do something with it in order to make it look like it's come from somewhere that it hasn't yeah for it to then be unverifiable as a proper signature so yeah. of the twenty-two thousand, it says yeah. many were routine messages such as political newsletters fundraising appeals hotel receipts product ads so so junk mail uh, news yeah. alerts real estate listings and notifications related to hunter biden's daughter's schools or sports teams there was also a large number of bank notifications with about 1200 emails from wells fargo alone so of the twenty-two thousand, more than a thousand 
were from Wells Fargo and many were essentially just kind of your standard emails that you yeah. you get all the Did time. Did you say over what period the emails were received? They covered a period from 2009 to 2019. Oh, okay. So, like, bloody hell, 10 years of, yeah. Yeah, if you get one a month from Wells Fargo, that'll be 1,200. Yeah. 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 Uh, the whole time that, that Biden was vice president, because he was vice president yeah. 22, from 2009 yeah, yeah. to 2017. Um, yeah. And and during the time that Hunter Biden was on the board of Burisma, um, all of that stuff. So these were a lot of yeah. a lot of uh, emails. In fact, it, it specifically mentions that there were emails from Burisma. They were verified that they did come indeed from Burisma. Again, it says the post's review of these emails found that most were routine communications that provided little new insight into Hunter Biden's work for the company. Yeah. One thing about Brisma, incidentally, is that Hunter Biden is a, essentially a corporate lawyer. He he is a, right. he has a law degree. He is a lawyer for businesses, and a lot has been made about the fact that he sat on the board of this company and doesn't know anything about oil and gas. Had no experience in oil and gas and, and yeah. energy. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I, yeah. I yeah, that was Trump's yeah. argument, wasn't it? I don't think yeah. that's very common for lawyers to have experience necessarily in the industry. Oil and gas. They're doing no. contract law work and that kind of stuff. They're doing yeah. law. They have experience about, with law. Yeah, exactly. Yes. <laughs> about that. work work being contracted yeah. and whether it's legally binding or... or yeah, So exactly. while I yeah. am absolutely sure that the company thought, oh, he's the vice president's kid, that would be an awesome thing to have him on our board. Yeah, a feather um, in cap, yes. I, equally, I don't think it's weird to hire a lawyer <laughs> to to have a lawyer on your yeah. on your executive board because there's going to yeah. be stuff that comes up if none of the other board members are lawyers which i don't think they are were on burisma um that that you know that could be a useful extra yes, exactly. point of view. what you want a lawyer to kind of say actually i think this might get us yeah. into you know legal hot water we ought not to enter into that contract in that kind of a way yeah. or that's leaving us open to um, abuse and possible, you know, legal ramifications. Unless you think about that, yeah, it would sure. be very useful to have. It's like having a, um, you know, somebody that's a, an accountant. Yeah, yeah. On the just to keep an eye on things. So yeah, most were routine uh, communications, and then it goes into some detail, kind of about the the laptops journey, which again, laptop really should be in quotes because all of they yeah. all they've got is a hard drive. So. But then we go into a bit more detail about what the uh, the experts found. And one of the things, in fact, it's, it's titled this section, What the Experts Found. Oh, right. Yeah. It says, in their examinations, Green and Williams found evidence that people other than Hunter Biden had accessed the drive and written files to it both before and after the initial stories in the New York Post and long after the laptop itself had been turned over to the FBI. Whoa! So this hard drive, so this hard drive that is a copy of a copy of a copy <laughs> of the data contained on Hunter Biden's laptop, yeah, that was given to the FBI in April of 2019, yeah, has had stuff added to it, so it's no longer, if we to have believed that it was a copy, it's no longer got the same data on it than the, the from whence it was copied, yeah. In my opinion, that would have been a great way to start this article. Yes. <laughs> yes, exactly, yeah. Hunter Biden's laptop, the copy that we're all getting hit up about, people have put stuff on there. Yeah. 
Yeah, we After can verify we handed that, over that to the files FBI. and folders have been added yeah. even since it was handed to the FBI. They so, don't yeah. do themselves any favour. If anything, the right knows how to write headlines. Yeah. You know, they just go, it's all true. <laughs> Washington Post and New York Times verify what we've said all along. <laughs> that's, that's as far as people will read. But the, the left, they're very... We're we very nuanced. <laughs> yeah, say, that, lumping, that's the, I agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Matt, Matt Green good. Uh, compared the portable drive he received from the post to a crime scene in which detectives arrived to find Big Mac wrappers carelessly left <laughs> behind by police officers who were there before them, contaminating Brilliant. the evidence. Brilliant. <laughs> that's exactly right, isn't it? Yeah. It's got, yeah. It's kind of got those, they snap the do not cross tape, wandering in their shoes, sit on the on the armchair, yeah, put the feet up on the dead body, and eat a Big Mac. Yeah, and the other expert, Jake Williams, uh, said from a forensic standpoint, it's a disaster. So <laughs> that's what that's there's the headline. Yeah, that's the, absolutely. There's a disaster. It's a disaster. Yeah. They also note that even if you can verify that emails came from a particular account and haven't been altered. One thing you can't do with you doing that is is check that that account wasn't hacked. Right. Um, so there is still a possibility, yeah. even with the ones that they verified, yeah. that the accounts that, that sent those yeah. emails had been hacked or that, you know, you don't know that they was actually sent from the person who says yeah. they were sent. So... I mean, all of this becomes pointless. <laughs> yeah. But what they did say yeah. is the expert said that the analysis was made more difficult because the data had been handled repeatedly in a manner that deleted logs and other files that forensic experts use to establish a file's authenticity. Wow. Why, wonder why that happened. Yeah, yeah. 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 No evidence yeah. of tampering was discovered, which mm -hmm. you might think, like, normally Fox would just stop there no evidence of yeah. tampering was discovered. Bill Barr would stop there. Yeah. Yeah. But several key pieces of evidence useful in discovering tampering were not available. <laughs> so the stuff wow. that they would wow. normally use to see whether yeah. it was tampered was yeah. was missing or tampered with. <laughs> wow. Wow. That's like, okay, so how are we going to get into this how are we going to stop people getting in the building well we'll, we'll take we'll take the doors off <laughs> then they won't be able to get in yeah why well you need a door a key. yeah yeah exactly you need a door yeah yeah brilliant so um well yeah so, yeah so not only was it we couldn't tell it was tampered with we couldn't tell it was tampered with because the stuff we would normally use to tell it was tampered <laughs> with wasn't there <laughs> been tampered with. yeah <laughs> you saw what, yeah, yeah, I'm just any minute now. Berkman and Wall's names are going to turn up, aren't they? Uh -huh, yeah, Jacob Wall is going to go. He's going to he'll pop up like like what's his name Nedry on Jurassic <laughs> Park going ah 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 yeah. like that. Yeah. So, um, of the two experts, Matt Green, uh, working with two graduate students, verified 1,828 emails which is less than 2% right. of, of all of the emails. Yeah. Uh, but struggled with others that had technical flaws they could not resolve. The most common problems, right. he said, resulted from alterations caused when the MacBook's mail handling software downloaded files with attachments in a way that made cryptographic verification of those messages difficult. 
Uh, Williams, Jake Williams, verified a large number of emails, nearly 22,000, which included almost all of the ones that Green had verified, after overcoming that problem by using software to correct alterations in the files. So so there was stuff missing, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. And and Jake Williams inserted frog DNA to 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 deal with the problem (laughs) of the missing data. (laughs) Yeah. And Who, now we've got it's hard far to say more how, copies yeah. of the, the disc than we ever thought. So, possible. Yeah, yeah, maybe that is completely legitimate. It sounds a bit dodgy, but maybe that's a completely legitimate way of doing it. Even if it is, that's still yeah. only 22,000. Of those 22,000, yeah. um, all of them are incoming emails. There is not a single verifiable email from Hunter Biden to anyone so else. Going out saying... Um, for for us, yeah, and we will do you a favour. Uh, basically, yeah. because cryptographic signatures are only on incoming emails because it gets right. applied when you send it, essentially. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so yeah, if you wrote it and send it, it doesn't go into your sent folder with one. It just, it, you know, it it happens in the process of going through the internet yeah, and yeah, getting yeah. to to somewhere. Yeah, yeah. So, one, you know, what we can't do is say any of the things that people have said Hunter said to anyone ever based on this data is true. Yeah. We can't claim yeah. that. We can we can say, for example, that the one of the guys at Burisma who said who sent him an email saying, uh, thanks for inviting me to DC and giving me an opportunity to meet your father and spent some time together in 2015, yeah. is a real email that really came from that person or from that person's email account at least. That is about the most damning thing. That's it. <laughs> yeah, so it actually came from the 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 suspect, but the, what he sent was, yeah, thanks very much. Nice to meet him. Thanks for a lovely day. Uh-huh. That you know that you'd need to be accused, a non-sized crypto cryptographer to make that into something, or a member of the right wing. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, the Republican Party. So, but it's uh, just yeah, compare this with <laughs> with the actual verifiable recordings of various members of the Trump family <laughs> talking to various members of the Russian Politburo about favors that could be done to assist in their electoral. Yeah, yeah. Stuff that yeah. stuff that we've yeah. got verified from multiple sources. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not least one of the <laughs> Trump kids. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. In fact, verifiable sources by the American <laughs> investigative authorities. Yeah. Yes. So, mm. so emails like the one which referred to Joe as the big guy and claimed, you know, that, that you should hold back what. 20% of this business deal for the big guy or something like that. Right. I mean, we dealt with that again in, in episode 61. But that is has cannot be verified as a real right. email that was properly received or sent uh, or who it was written right. by. That's one of the things that can't. Among the other things that can't be verified are three new folders right. which were written right. onto the laptop months after the laptop <laughs> was taken into FBI custody. I say laptop. On the hard drive. These folders on the hard, are on the hard the, drive. Yeah. This is the copy of the copy. This is the copy of the copy of the copy, of the, copy of, the of the hard drive, yeah. So not the one that's in the FBI's possession. No, no, no. This is the one that... The right-wing activists 
handed on from... At the very least, from the Trump supporter who runs a Mac repair shop in, in Delaware yeah. and Giuliani and Jack Maxey. We know that right. it's at least been in those three people's been, custody. Yeah. There's, there's the cryptographic path. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's all you need to know, really, isn't it? And and we know that this, in quotes, laptop was dropped off in April 2019. Yeah. After August 2020, three new folders were created on the drive, dated September, September 1st and September 2nd, 2020. Yeah. They bore the name Desktop Documents, yeah. Biden Burisma, and yeah. Hunter Burisma Documents. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Also... Yeah, Williams found records on the drive that indicated someone may have accessed the drive from a West Coast location in October 2020, a week after the New York Post stories yeah. first appeared. And yeah. over the next few days in October 2020, somebody created three additional folders on the drive titled Mail, Salacious Picks Package and Big Guy File. <laughs> <laughs> That's what... <laughs> It's like Family Guy, uh-huh. you know, deciding to okay, let's let's see if we can incriminate somebody. <laughs> so what would what, oh, <laughs> that was done by people that when you watch a movie and you go right, yeah, okay, so how do we infect the super mainframe with the virus? We just type upload virus. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and then and puts the on-screen clock on. So you get the jeopardy as it's going. Oh my God! It's not. Is it Phil? Has it done it yet? No, no, no! Quick, they're running. They're coming at the door. Quick, hurry up! Yeah. Some so, people. so what we know from this article is that is that less than one percent of the content of the hard drive that might possibly be a copy, that might possibly be a copy, that might possibly be a copy, that might possibly be a copy of a laptop that might possibly be Hunter Biden's. Yeah, as as witnessed by. Registered yeah, blind man. As witnessed yeah. by a registered mm-hmm. blind man. Uh-huh. Yeah. Might be, yeah. at least from the people they claim they were from. <laughs> right. right. And the majority of those are junk mail. Yeah. <laughs> and meanwhile, yeah. multiple people have added files and folders since the laptop the, the was, laptop was seized yeah. by the authorities. Yeah. And definitely hadn't been in Hunter Biden's hands for, for dropped it off at well the over door. a year. Yeah, yeah. So that is the proof that the right wing have been waiting for, yeah. that it's all true. That it's all true, and the Washington Post ought to apologise. Yeah, they finally admitted it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yes. No wonder they're just doing appeal to vehemence in shouting those headlines. Because uh-huh. when, you, when you look at the little asterisk and it says at the end, you know, some of these statements may not be true, <laughs> turns out pretty much all of them. Mm. Yeah. And finally... Some things we really don't have time to talk about. Since Fox is famously fair and balanced, they probably took regular breaks from talking about Hunter Biden's laptop to cover the latest scandal involving Trump's son-in-law and cheap waxwork of Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Jared Kushner. What's that? They mentioned Hunter 68 times on Monday and Jared zero? OK, yeah, that tracks. In which case, the Fox viewers among you will not have heard that within six months of leaving the White House, Kushner started up a private equity firm called Affinity Partners and approached Saudi Prince Mohammed bin Salman for investment. But you don't get to be as absurdly rich as bin Salman is without doing your due diligence. So naturally, the investment opportunity was screened by a panel of experts. 
every single member of the panel recommended against investing with Kushner, citing objections that included, quote, the inexperience of the Affinity Fund management, due diligence on the fledging firm's operations that found them, quote, unsatisfactory in all aspects, <laughs> a proposed asset management fee that's, quote, seems excessive, and, and this is the best part, quote, public relations risks from Mr. Kushner's prior role as a senior advisor to former President Trump. Yes, one of the main objections to investing in the firm was that the association with Trump would make the human rights-abusing, dissident, torturing, journalist, murdering prince look bad. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. MBS clearly took this advice very seriously and immediately invested $2 billion in Kushner's company. But, you know... Hunter might have mentioned his dad in an email, so that's basically the same. Pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> for $2,500, you can vote for Fauci's inevitable conviction as part of a mock grand jury convened by an Elvis impersonator and hobnob with VIPs is the verbatim byline from the Daily Beast. Yes, folks, it's a bit like those high school debating society mock whatevers where one side will propose the notion this house believes Darwin invented dinosaurs or we should go back and crucify Barabbas. On a sliding scale from 25 to $2,500, free T-shirt included, you can join the motley group of far-right anti-vaxxer conspidiates, America's grand jury, to not actually put to trial one Anthony Fauci, but rather vote to see if he should be indicted. The primarily money-making organisation, notwithstanding the costs of T-shirt printing and live streaming and hosting and shindig at which expensive tickets get you rubbing shoulders with other high-profile crazies, has a website which is rather reluctant to point out in small print that it won't actually be able to indict (laughs) Fauci. But hey, no point ruining a good party. What's it all for? Well, in a witch find a general kind of way, I guess it's finding someone to blame for the state of one's own ignorance, stupidity and denial of the existence of something outside of one's power, in this case COVID. And with the lack of a troller-in-chief in the White House or any new Q posts, if you're going to be needlessly nasty to someone, might as well make some dough in the process. OK, what the fuck is going on in Georgia? Democratic Senator Raphael Warnock, who won a special election last year and is now running for a full term, is currently trailing in the polls to Republican candidate Herschel Walker. Warnock is a Baptist pastor who led services at Martin Luther King's old church, whereas Walker is a self-confessed domestic abuser who claims he's played Russian roulette more than six times in his life because he just loves to compete. In Walker's favour... He graduated from the University of Georgia in the top 1% of his class and since retiring from football in 1997, he's been a very successful businessman. And as of 2020, he ran the largest minority-owned upholstery and apparel firm in the US and the largest minority-owned food company in the US and he owns three poultry processing plants in Arkansas. His companies employ well over 1,000 people and bring in an annual revenue of 70 to $80 million. Except none of that is true. You see, Walker despite having been hit in the head a lot when he was a running back for the Cowboys and the Vikings, has noticed that if you're a Republican, you can just say shit and none of your voters will ever care whether it's true or not. Not only did he not graduate in the top 1% of his class at the University of Georgia, he didn't graduate at all. 
The upholstery firm he claims he runs and has previously claimed he started dissolved last year after being run for five generations by the same family. Not Walker's family, by the way. When his food company applied for a PPP loan last year, they only had eight employees instead of the 800 he's previously claimed. And when questioned in a deposition about his ownership of the three poultry plants, he said, I don't mean to speak of own in a technical sense because he doesn't own them. They're owned by a company he does business with. And according to another deposition obtained by the Daily Beast, the combined net income of all his businesses between 2009 and 2017 was $14 million. Not per year, in total. That's 2% of how much he claimed. It's not often we're on the same side as a Baptist pastor, but come on, people, vote for Warnock. As Kermit once said, it's not easy being green. And even Danny Kay reminded us in song of the problems of dismissing someone because of their looks. Well, if it's not enough to ban books about having a broken butt, now author Jason Tharp has reported that a school principal in Columbus, Ohio, told him he wasn't allowed to read his book It's Okay to Be a Unicorn to kids anymore and that children's artwork they'd done subsequently had to be removed from display. Tharp was also told he could no longer read his other book It's Okay to Smell Good about being a skunk. Presumably colourful, mainly red and white, I imagine, right-wing alternative titles, including It's Okay to Determine What Kids Read Based on Your Paranoid, Warped, Misogynistic Views of Something That Might Be Construed by a Paranoid, Misogynistic, Extremist, Anti-LGBTQ Plus Equality Bigot as Promoting the Rights of People Slash Unicorns That You Feel, Because America, That They Ought Not To Be Able To Have, Despite The Declaration Of Independence Saying Otherwise, Are Too Big To Fit On The Shelves. Probably not the author of that title, but Interim District School Superintendent Jeremy Frulich told WBNS that officials just wanted to make sure that we vetted the book and claimed that only a single parent had complained. So, no appeal to the silent majority there then. I wonder if that single complainant was a funder slash candidate slash influential on the Board of Governors and potential vetter of the book. Whoever it is... He should heed the words of Danny Kay and get out of town. It's worth mentioning as well that it's okay to be a unicorn has nothing to do with LGBTQ issues at no. all. No. It's it's no. about a unicorn who tries to fit in by pretending he's a horse. And yeah. and it's just the fact that there's it's kind of got rainbow co- colours on the cover that made some idiot think, oh, it must be about one, gay stuff. One idiot. One idiot. Yeah, one yeah, idiot. Yeah. Oh, that yeah. must be about gay stuff, so I can complain. Fucking hell. Fucking hell. Okay, what the actual fuck is going on in Texas? Governor Greg Abbott has noticed that as a Republican governor, it doesn't matter if the things you do actively harm your own voters, so long as you get a bit of publicity for whatever fucked up thing you're doing. Last week, he announced that since Biden's border policy was so terrible, he would charter buses to transport hordes of illegal immigrants to the steps of the Capitol in D.C. so that Biden has to deal with them instead. He kind of followed through this week as a bus carrying a horde of about 30 people arrived outside the offices of Fox News in D.C. On interviewing some of them, CNN reported that having started their immigration proceedings, they'd been offered a voluntary bus ride to D.C. where they would be able to continue the process. Usually, charities and NGOs help immigrants to get settled in different areas of the U.S., but Abbott decided to spend taxpayer money instead so he could pretend he was sticking it to Biden. 
Never one to rest on his xenophobic laurels, Abbott also decided to exacerbate the supply chain and inflation problems for Texans by requiring all commercial trucks coming across the border into Texas to be inspected by border security. This has caused massive tailbacks and delays, with food rotting in trucks bound for stores in Texas and around the US. They haven't actually found any illegal immigrants or drugs because it was never really about that. It was about making problems in his own state worse so he can blame them on Biden. His alliterative name being the only thing that makes him interesting, Mark Meadows, Trump former chief of staff and major yammerer about how the 2020 election was stolen because of widespread voter fraud has done what we love to hear about on this show oh so very much. Investigations into voter irregularities have revealed actual voter fraud by one Mark Meadows. Macon County Board of Elections Director Melania Tibalt said, What I found was that Meadows was registered to vote in Macon County and also registered in the state of Virginia, where he voted in the 2021 election. The last election he voted in was in Macon County in 2020. True to his trailer trash form, perhaps, Meadows was registered in Macon County to an abandoned trailer. The former owner of the trailer said Meadows never visited the property despite being registered there. Well, he isn't any longer. Meadows' registration in Macon County was removed on April 11th. And all I can say from the point of view of my legal training from America's grand jury is ha, 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 ha. And I don't think you can vote from jail either when it comes to it, M&M. OK, people, what the actual motherfucking fuck is happening in Tennessee? It's like the entire Tennessee GOP saw Marsha Blackburn get a little bit of press for being a performative transphobe at KBJ's confirmation hearing and said, hold my fucking beer. Firstly, it seems that lawmakers in the state were only half listening to Fox News's regular foaming at the mouth about paedophilia and weren't totally sure if they came down for or against, so they introduced a bill which would, among other things, eliminate the lower age limit for marriage. Shockingly, the bill wasn't introduced by Tennessee Congressman John Rose, who met his wife when he was 42 and she was 17, but maybe it's in his honour. You might think legalising child marriage is tough to compete with, but leave it to State Senator Frank Nicely. While supporting a bill to fine people experiencing homelessness for begging or camping near a highway, Nicely had this bit of advice for the homeless community. Speaker, I haven't given you all a history lesson in a while, and I want to give you a little history on homelessness. 1910, Hitler decided to live on the streets for a while. So for two years, Hitler lived on the streets and practiced his oratory and his body language and how to connect with masses, and then went on to lead a life that got him in the history books. So a lot of these people, it's not a dead end. They can come out of this, these homeless camps and have a productive life. Fuck me. <laughs> if you apply yourself, you could end up as successful as Hitler. <laughs> Marsha made the news again for a tweet saying, Tennesseans want a wall on our southern border. And after the past week, I think a lot of people from Alabama, Georgia and Mississippi are thinking, yeah, we're OK with that. Please wall yourselves off from us. Do that. I thought it was, I thought it was going to go. Yeah, it's almost the reductio ad Hitlerum, isn't it? It's going, you're living on the streets. No, we went totally the other way. The other way. It's going, <laughs> they, he made a success. So you could too. I think you know. At least you could go. You know, 1910. Charlie uh-huh. Chaplin invented the character of the tramp, and he did very well. You know, <laughs> yeah. But no. Wow, wow. <laughs> well, in a quiet week in British politics, yeah, right. <laughs>
the Prime Minister, nay, Prime Suspect, is now legally able to be called a convicted criminal, as Boris has been in receipt of what will most likely be only the first of many fines from the Metropolitan Police for breaking the law regarding gatherings during lockdown. The Chancellor, Rishi Sunak, also in receipt of a conviction, did the honourable thing and got talked out of resigning, because that would mean Boris would have to go too. Instead, Rishi said that Boris had done the honourable thing and apologised. The usual Adams family of Boris toadies agreed across the media and said it wasn't as if he'd actually gone into care homes and self and spread COVID and caused people directly to die. In an attempt to move us on from the trivialities of having British history's only criminal in charge of the country, you see, it's a new thing for us, folks. The delightful bastard offspring of the child catcher and Cruella de Vil, Pretty Patel, brokered a deal with Rwanda to take our deported asylum seekers without bothering to put it to a vote in Parliament, where they're all off an Easter break, eating their own chocolate Jesuses, and for the measly sum of £120 million as well, given to the caring and community-focused government there. Oh, no, sorry, rabid, corrupt dictatorship. Well, I guess if you can't ask your similarly behaving friends for help, who can you turn to for these post-Brexit opportunities? And it's only four times as much as she's already paid the French for not doing what her home office hasn't done for years. Happy holidays, everyone. <laughs> to be fair, we do have a uh, a storied history of ignoring what's going on in Rwanda. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. exactly. If we're going to put them somewhere. Just shove them somewhere <laughs> where we'll never think about them again. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Exactly. <sighs> So that's all the bad arguments and faulty reasoning we have time for this week. You'll find the show notes at fallaciousTrump.com and if you hear Trump say something stupid and want to ask if it's a fallacy, our contact details are on the contact page. If you think we've used a fallacy ourselves, let us know. If you had a good time, please give us a review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts or simply tell one other person in person about how much they'd like our podcast. And you can support the show at patreon.com slash ftrump. Just like our strawman level patrons, Steve Pickle, Schmutz, Mark Reiki and Amber R. Buchanan, our true Scotsman-level patrons, Kaz Tui, Andrew Hauk, Max Beaver, and our top patron, Lauren. Thanks ever so much, everyone. Your support is really appreciated. You can connect with those awesome people as well as us and other listeners in the Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash Fallacious Trump. All music is by The Outburst and was used with permission. So until next time on Fallacious Trump, we'll leave the last word to the Donald. That's right. Go home to mommy. Bye. Bye. It's okay to determine what kids read based on your paranoid, warped, misogynistic views of something that might be construed by a paranoid, misogynistic, extremist, anti-LBGTQ, LBG, anti-LGBQT plus equality. Try again. You did the Q before the T that time. (laughs) It's okay to determine what... It's okay to determine what kids read based on your paranoid, warped, misogynistic views of something that might be that might be construed by a paranoid, misogynist, anti-extremist, anti-LGBT. Right, okay, hang on. (laughs) By a paranoid, misogynist, extremist, (laughs) anti-LGBT. Stop. (laughs)